0: Good morning everybody. I wonder if any of you gardeners have ever tried growing a grapevine. They've become quite common in the southern counties as our summers have got warmer. I planted one in my garden in Kent and I was thrilled to have a few grapes from it the first year. But I never got any more. The vine needed pruning and even though I tried to understand how to do it, I never got it right. It gave me lots of insight into this passage from John's Gospel, chapter 15. Vines were common in Israel, common enough for everyone to get the point. Jesus begins with a great I am statement. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. The nation of Israel had been portrayed as a vine in the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 5, 1-7. to as God lamented about all the work he'd put into cultivating Israel for no return. The vine never produced the fruit of faithful obedience which he looked for. So Jesus makes a bold statement. He is the vine rather than the nation of Israel. But in verse 5 we find that we are included as part of the vine, part of him, part of the new people of God. We are the branches. On the great vine in Hampton Court, you see the stem at the far end of a giant greenhouse, and all the rest of that greenhouse is filled with the branches. And that's us, the Church of God. Now the point of being a vine is to bear fruit, but the problem with a grapevine is that left to itself, it does not produce very much fruit. It grows vigorously with masses of branches and leaves but any grapes are small and don't get ripe. The energy goes into all that leafy growth and that shades whatever grapes there are from the sun and that's why pruning is so important. If you don't trim the branches you end up with a lot of leaf but no grapes. The skillful gardener carefully cuts away all the side shoots that are not needed so that each branch is clean. The vine then looks almost dead. But the miracle is that that paired back plant can produce much more fruit. We're going to think about that pruning process in our Lent study this week. How hard do the branches work in order to produce fruit? What do they have to do? Well, the answer is nothing. As long as the branches are connected to the vine and pruned by the gardener, that's it. The fruit comes naturally. If they're not connected, then they are useless. They wither and die and are collected up and burned. And that's why Jesus says, remain in me as I also remain in you. Older versions of the Bible used the word abide. Christians used to talk a lot about abiding in Christ. And I'm rather sorry that we've lost this phrase as it neatly conveyed that sense of staying put, of dwelling constantly in connection with the Lord. We get a hint of what this abiding means in verse 7. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you. We must hold on to Jesus' words and teachings, not just those recorded in the Gospels, but surely the words and teachings of the whole of the Bible, because Jesus was involved in the giving of those words of God, both before and after his earthly life. How could he not be when he is the eternal son? I was taught all this when I was in my teens. I wondered a lot about whether I was bearing fruit for the Lord. I understood two possible meanings for fruit. One would be the fruit of the Spirit, as we read in Galatians 5:22 to 23 The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. As a feisty teenager, sometimes stroppy, critical, impatient and outspoken, I didn't feel as if I was developing many of these qualities. Later, as a parent and a teacher, I knew I often lacked them. Patience and kindness often seemed conspicuously absent. Now that I'm in my seventies, I know I still fall far short, but I can see that God has been changing me and these fruits of the Spirit have been quietly growing as I've remained in Christ and his words have remained in me. Gardeners have to take a long term view. The other meaning of fruit is the process by which we who love the Lord share that love and faith and understanding with others so that they come to know Him as well. As a teenager, I knew that this was to do with telling my story and inviting people to put their faith in Christ. I did try hard at this, but with not too much personal success. I always found it hard to bring people to some sort of decision or commitment. It's hard enough to invite anyone to a Christian event where they would hear the good news and talking about it afterwards was sometimes terrifying. But people do need to be given this opportunity to hear or to read the message, don't they? Jesus surely wants his church to grow. Now I think I'd grasped the ideas behind this wonderful chapter of the Bible, but... I went wrong, in that I thought it was all about me. If Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, then it's not just about me being a fruitful branch, but about the whole vine being fruitful. What if I read this as less about me, and more about us, God's people together? Then we, as God's people together, produce the fruit of the Spirit, forming a different kind of community where relationships are characterised by love, joy, peace and the rest. A community with that loving spirit will overflow to those around it and that community bears the other kind of fruit as well because others will be drawn to know the Lord Jesus Christ. So then it's not really about two meanings of fruit because they merge together. Back to John 15. There's an amazing promise in verses 7 to 8. Ask whatever you wish and it shall be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So does that mean that I can pray for a mansion and a Rolls Royce and be sure I will get it? Well, of course not. In view of what Jesus has been saying, our wishes will be centred on God's kingdom and reaching out to others. It's surely connected to bearing fruit. Ask God for it. Ask God in Jesus' name to bring many more people into his kingdom. That is why we're involved in planting new church communities. This is what's on God's heart. Amen.